0: 1 Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Will you pray with me, please? God, we pray for fresh spirit, for a word that stays with us long after we leave this morning. Speak, Lord, for we, your servants, are all listening. Amen. This is the story of Samuel. For some big picture context, it comes after the Genesis and Exodus stories of Adam and Eve and Abraham and Sarah and Hagar and their family dramas. It comes after Moses and the escape from Egypt and after Joshua, but it comes before the period of the kings like Saul and David and Solomon. This is the period of the judges where it says repeatedly in the book by that name, in those days, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. The story of Samuel comes from those days. Samuel was the child of Hannah, a woman who had longed and prayed for a child so earnestly and persistently that she'd made a promise to God, which she kept. So when she finally had a baby, she took him to the temple and she gave him to God. She left him there in the care of the priest Eli as a minister. She brought him a new little set of clothes every year. So in our story today, Samuel is a child. He's serving God alongside his mentor Eli his whole life. Day and night is spent in the temple. Now, the first verse of our passage that Gabriel read today says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. What a way to start a story. What kind of Bible times are those where the word of the Lord was rare? How very unlike God. This is the God who created the universe by speaking. The God who had all these colorful conversations with human beings who spoke in thunder and rainbows and surprised little babies. And now what's this? A silence? What a bleak period of time, like an eternal January, winter, winter, winter. No word from God. Can you imagine what God's silence must have felt like? Maybe you can. To go days or years or generations with no revelation, no direction. Do you think that God found the people exasperating or impossible or too far gone? And that's why the silence? Maybe they weren't worth talking to or maybe God was asleep or distracted or too disgusted to say anything. Maybe. Maybe. That's a conclusion that could reasonably be drawn, given what the Bible says about Eli the priest's weak leadership and his son's wickedness. That's certainly how we might respond. If the roles were reversed, we might give up on trying to reach people who have rejected or disappointed or turned on us multiple times. We might decide that people aren't worth talking to. But God doesn't tend to behave like we do. The God who created us is far more persistent in grace than the God we've created in our own image, resentful and bitter and ready to cut us off. And so, no, I don't believe that the word of God was rare in those or any days because God thought the people were a lost cause. I don't know why it says the word of the Lord was rare. I don't know whose fault that was, but I do know, I do believe that this God, the same God wants to be on speaking terms with us. I do believe that this book of scripture, that the coming of Jesus, that our own individual and collective encounters with the divine, all of the evidence points to a God who speaks, who has much to share. And so if the word of the Lord is rare, If it's something we can't quite remember hearing, then I'm thinking that maybe there is a power line down somewhere, that there's some interference, that not all our receptors, our receivers, are on quite right. Some widespread habitual tuning out. In the days of the judges. In Samuel's time, it says, remember that refrain, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and maybe that was part of the problem, part of what it made it seem like God had stopped talking. There wasn't community. People weren't listening for God together. It was every man for himself, and women don't even go there. Everyone assumed that this priest, Eli, would take care of the God talking for them, and they just went about their lives. But something wasn't working because life was not good. The scripture tells us that people were taking what wasn't theirs. The people in power, the priesthood, the sons of Eli, were taking more than their share. They were eating and spending what was holy and reserved for the widow, and the orphan. There is deceit and exploitation, abuse of power and hunger, and the word of the Lord was rare? I don't think so. We've got books and books of prophets from other times in the Bible who pour out God's words for times like these. And if there is all this mess, all this evil, and no one is hearing a word from the Lord, then maybe it's because they're just minding their own business. Everyone doing what was right in their own mind. Until finally, finally, God gets through to somebody. A little boy, Samuel, who's just trying to get some sleep. A kid who finds himself restless and then consults with his mentor to discern together that the voice is God's and who consents to listen for God and to report back what he hears. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. A prophet is a willing listener who will let God's word take root and live in them. A prophet, not like a psychic fortune teller, but a carrier of God's word, is someone who takes risks who speaks up and acts out. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Martin Luther King Jr., whose birthday we honored last week is often called a prophet. Someone who listened and responded creatively. He was aware of pain among people and believed that God had something to say about it. He didn't have to. He could have minded his own business, King was born into a modest but socially prominent family, smart guy, started college at 15 with no intention of following his father to become a pastor. He went north for a bed. He found his spot there. His life could have been very different, comfortable, and anonymous. But he writes, from God came the inescapable urge to serve. So Dr. King gave up his quiet life and he became a speaker who proclaimed words that most people did not want to hear. He let the words that he preached take up a life inside him. He went to jail for civil disobedience 29 times in his 39 year life. The world was living like the word of God was rare in those days and Dr. King felt otherwise. He found his rest disturbed, like Samuel, found that dreams could have immense power. He's not the only one. Martin Luther King Jr. is not some blip, some modern day prophet in the midst of a pattern of silence. Men and women and children of every age have spoken up and acted out for God. People have looked at, have noticed senseless violence or injustice or slavery or hunger and looked to God saying, what do you think about this, God? What do you say should be done? And God is not silent. God speaks words of hope and of challenge if only we're willing to listen. Back in December, I was with my friend's seven-year-old at their house for dinner, and he matter-of-factly shared at the table about the active shooter drill they'd had that day in school. He said, I didn't know it wasn't real. I thought it was real. We were supposed to be quiet, so I started praying in my head. But I was so scared, I forgot to say amen. Do you think that's okay? I wish we didn't have to do those drills, he said. That little boy's words have certainly disturbed my rest for the past month. That simple conversation tore a convenient veil that was keeping me from thinking about things I don't wanna think about. Do we hear what God has to say about the world that we have allowed greed and complacency to build. Samuel did. And he spoke up and he kept speaking up even when it was unpopular or felt unproductive or kept him awake at night, even when those around him believed and behaved as if God had stopped speaking. Samuel knew that the word of God was not so rare. It is not so rare then, and it is not so rare now. The question is whether we are tuned in and whether we are willing to respond, not just me, but as a community, not just you, not just individuals, but all together. I believe that God is speaking to each person here, pulling at your heart in one way or another, calling you to something to a particular way of being in the world, among God's people, in God's creation. What is that calling? And which mentors or peers or fellow church members can you ask to be a sounding board as you figure it out? How is the spirit inviting you to be, to act, to speak, to write, to move in the world? The call of God is not as rare as we think. The word of God is not as rare as we think. Maybe it's like this. I'm gonna take you on a little journey, invite you to close your eyes, if you don't mind. You can keep them open if you'd like, but imagine that you've been told there is something really cool to see in this forest somewhere. So you walk out into the forest under the canopy of a tree. It's got all these little dead leaves hanging off the branches, blocking the sunlight. It looks kind of barren and dreary under there. The word of God is rare. You think you see a glimmer of color, but it happens so fast that you're not sure. It could just be your eyes. So you leave you could go back to your day assuming that whatever cool thing someone told you is no longer active but instead you go back and you get your friends or your family or some little kids to come back to this spot in the forest and look and wait you all wait there together everyone looking in a different direction until someone maybe a child cries out those aren't dead leaves those are butterflies. And you turn and you watch one take flight and then another and hundreds of them. And this darkened corner of the woods is suddenly alive in motion, on fire, almost. Butterflies. Who would have thought? Maybe it's like that with God's words. God's nudges and calls to us. They're abundant and all around us, but we don't recognize them. We see only the literal, the obvious. But if we go on faith that there's something more and we bring others with us, people who can see on different levels, come at it from other angles, then the word of God will come alive, vibrant and powerful and breathtaking. Word of God, speak. The song prays, would you pour down like rain? Pour down on all your people and help us to open our hearts for words that come from you, no matter whether they're out of the mouths of people we like or don't like, people we know or don't know. Help us to use our voices to make room for other voices so that if the Samuels among us, Here on the fringes of our neighborhood, have your words for us, we will actually hear them. May we pay attention to what disturbs our rest, the images that stay in our minds, and may we make a place where the word of God truly reigns. Amen. I remind you to join us for coffee hour. We don't have chili, but we still have snacks and conversation She'll so come. And join us, sign up for the talent show. And as you go, I pray that we go open to the mystery and the presence of God in our world. Open to the ways that God is speaking both to and through you. Go ready to encounter and share the love of God with all you encounter. Go in peace. Amen.
0: nbumc weekly is a production of north bethesda united methodist church located in bethesda maryland follow us on youtube and facebook at north bethesda umc or on instagram at loving all neighbors all music is licensed via christian copyright licensing international ccli